one thing, Chris, I haven't even told you this yet, but that I did have an idea about doing to finally like give us something like just kind of different is to do like sweet 16 like brackets. I got this idea. I don't even know what I was looking at, but I got this idea from some other podcast and pretty much like I don't know how long we'll do this, but I was thinking about maybe putting it on our Instagram and just like, so let me back up. So I was looking at like a sweet 16 bracket for like the best teams since 2016 or okay. not 2016, 20, uh, since 2000, since the year 2000. Okay. So I did a sweet 16 bracket super quick and I'll actually share my screen now. Cause I want to show you both what, all right. Tell me if I can see that. Yep. Yeah, I can see it. All right, bet. So pretty much this is what I was thinking. And um yeah, I mean, so right now I was looking at maybe once every episode just going over like maybe one part of the bracket. So like I mean, I didn't put them in seeds or anything, but like mm-hmm. we could go over like what we think about how the two thousand eight Celtics would match up against the twenty fourteen Clippers or something okay. like that. And or like how the 2021 Bucks will go against the 2022 Warriors, which I think that would be a super interesting one to like talk about yeah. because you know what I mean. Like, mm. who, who would really win in that scenario? <laughs> um, and I mean, obviously, we could talk about it, but then at the same time, oh, how do I end this? Um, we could talk about it, but at the same time, I'm thinking like making it into a thing where we allow who listens to us to vote on who they think should move on to the next round. And then we'll talk about whether we think those people got it right or wrong. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know where I heard that from, but it was just something I was thinking about. But anyways, we'll uh, get into all that later. We got a special sure. guest, special guest in the building, building Mr. 414, my guy, Frank Anton graduated with uh me at Marquette, man. How you doing, bro? Good, bro. Uh, just want to say thank you guys for having me. Uh, super excited to be here. You know, I listen every week uh, since we're in school together. So that's lit. Really excited. That's love, bro. Definitely appreciate that. It's kind of crazy how um, me and you even started really start like like bonding, bro. Like we were we for sat sure. next to each other for like a whole semester, and we just was like, I think we equally hated the class we were in, and that's <laughs> what made us start really like being like, oh, like this dude's cool. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would, I would peep over at your screen. You would be looking at some NBA stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like have no like interest in that class whatsoever. However, like it brought us to today. And I think what all got us started to even like, well, me and you to even start really interacting was what I saw hoop on mm-hmm. um, social media. I think I started seeing it on LinkedIn and then I went into also seeing it on like ESPN like a week later and Sports Center and like who uh House of Hoops, House of Highlights, I mean, and all those yeah, places. Yeah. Um so for the listener that doesn't know what hoop is and who you are, um, you wanna introduce yourself to to those people. Yeah, so I graduated from Marquette with Karsten in twenty twenty two. So it's pretty crazy that 
it's already been almost a year now. Man. Um, and since then, I've been pretty much devoting all my time as attorney for, for Hoop. And so my brother is the CEO and his business partner and our close friend, Laith, is our co-founder. And basically what Hoop is, uh, Hoop is the world's first smart basketball hoop with a high-definition screen as a backboard that allows you to train like a pro, track your performance, and then also play against friends and other hoop users from around the world. And additionally, you can stream TV shows, games, movies, music, anything that you can get on your phone pretty much, you can put right to your hoop and, and multitask, play, shoot around. And that's something that I'm really excited about. Um, there was times growing up where, you know, you had to choose between watching a Bucks game or watching a, a TV show and, and playing basketball and getting better. So now you can kind of do both at, at once. And that's something that we're really excited about too. Yeah, no, that's crazy, man. I mean, for me, like someone that was hooping outside growing up and like, right. you know, the TV's inside, exactly. I'm outdoors trying to hoop. Like, I definitely feel that, man. I mean, that that's a really unique invention. So how did this vision even come to be? How did this even start with hoop? Yeah, so it started a while ago. It was it was kind of like a, a stream of ideas. So my brother and our friend Laith and I all grew up in Milwaukee. And then my brother went off to college um, at Boston College. So he moved away. 600 700 miles away whatever it is and we would stay in touch by playing basketball just whether on FaceTime or Snapchat just you know playing horse and and just messing around and that's how we stayed in touch stayed close and by playing the game we loved and then fast forward a couple of years later he went off to to law school himself in San Francisco my, our friend Leith stayed in Milwaukee. I went to school out in New Jersey. So we were all just scattered across the country. And while my brother was out in San Francisco, he was working on an augmented reality app through augmented reality glasses. So if you think of like when Google Glass, they, they put out those like glasses and you can like yeah. you see everything in front of you. So it's not like virtual reality, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it adds a few a few features that you can see and it was also it was really similar so it was like a basketball app you can play remotely play friends across the world and and do a bunch of different games through that and fast forward a couple years later um brought that back to Milwaukee and we met with Lath and he was like okay well I, I really love that idea but how can we put your game onto a screen right on your backboard and that's when everything really came to be so it, it was it's been a crazy few years oh my god i got two questions for you yeah for sure one what school in new jersey did you go to i went to seton hall oh really oh nice yeah, um, yeah that's not too far for me and two how hard was it to make a prototype before you guys went mainstream yeah, it was it was definitely a challenge. We've had to make a bunch of different like iterations and make sure because 
there's always something that changes and things are getting added on. So, you know, it's, it's definitely been a process. It wasn't like, Oh, we have an idea and it's ready to go right now. So we're still working through some of that too and getting ready to start delivering soon. Okay. I noticed you guys have trainers too. So like, mm-hmm. what is, what is that all about with the training sessions? Like, what do you get from having these, uh, different trainers i noticed jordan lawley i've seen him on instagram before yeah that dude can ball for real yeah he can ball for real (laughs) for sure yeah so i think that's one really cool and persuasive aspect about the hoop is it it makes you better it gets you up, up off the couch and you don't have to drive to a gym somewhere and and go play unless unless you really want to or there's a hoop there too and you get a trainer right to your door right to your driveway and really any any move you can think of you know teach you how to play defense teach you how to shoot a floater or a reverse layup shoot shoot better from three or if your elbow's out too far and it it's like a live basically how we're talking right now you know just a live stream of it's like a facetime almost and you're just talking to your trainer and and getting better so are there oh, that's really cool. oh yeah go ahead chris i was gonna say that like other trainers and stuff have different apps or different other like programs that like they previously recorded, but that's really cool that you're able to get that one-on-one with the player. Right. Exactly. And and we're going to have some big time trainers too, for sure. That actually leads into my question. Cause I was going to ask like, you know, you, you guys have like a link on your website where you can become a trainer. Like mm-hmm. what, um what's the process in becoming one with hoop? And, you know, going about just becoming a trainer and being able to start your own sessions. Yeah, basically just apply and, you know, see if the the fit is right. And there's been so many people that maybe haven't made it to that NBA level or overseas level, but played in college. And that's still super high level basketball. And, you know, once you play that much basketball and put all that time in, you know the game really well, you know what works, what doesn't work, and you can teach the game. And we've found incredible value in in D3, D2, D1 college basketball players, you know, overseas pros, and even some some NBA trainers like J-Law that you were talking about. So that's the thing, though, too. Like, you – so it's kind of like a job application in a way. Like, you guys look at their resume from their – playing days maybe even if they were training in the past and things like that exactly yeah and if if they've done some training or you know if they've they've played at a high level or higher level for sure so it's yeah okay. exactly oh, that's dope that's dope yeah because that was something I was interested in just like kind of learning more about um but then also because growing up like in high school especially we used to have like the shooting gun and the shooting machine mm-hmm. And they will count, you know, your makes, your misses, and things like right. that. Um, what are maybe some of the cooler aspects of hoop that you think, you know, the common person just wouldn't know? You know, obviously we could watch, you know, games and things like sure. that. But what's like a unique aspect of it that you think people should know about? Yeah, and I don't think the the shooting gun is ne- necessarily mutually exclusive, but at the same time, like when you're playing on a hoop, you can do so many different games and so many different like specific things. Like I said, if you want to work on and really get 
your floater game where you want it to be and have just a super nasty floater, which is a, a really valuable shot. Um, you can tough just shot. keep working on that. And exactly. And that's a shot that you might not be able to shoot with, with that big net over it with the, with the gun. And, you know, you, you can move around a lot with the hoop. Um, and then it just, it tracks all your statistics. So it helps you analyze your game. So maybe you're shooting really well from the top of the key, but not as well from the wing. And um, the hoop will allow you to analyze that, all those statistics and really help you analyze where you want to spend most of your time. So maybe shooting from the wing, maybe finishing layups or, you know, floaters, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. Can it like track? So say like maybe like you're short, can it be like, oh, you need more arc or maybe you're yeah. like shooting too much to the left, right, whatever? Yeah. So the, uh, AI that we're working with is is working on tracking as as much valuable data as possible. So stuff like arc that's really important to shooting. Um, you know, whether your elbow's out and if it's if it's like a good miss or a, a bad miss, if it's off or it kind of just rims out, maybe you need to put a little more on it and things like that. That's fire. So like the long run, like you know what. What do you what do you guys see for hoop? Where do you guys what's your target market? Like where do you guys want it to be? Because I know we talked about it and it's already mm-hmm. about to be implemented in the you know some of the gyms around town here in Wisconsin. Right. So what's your guys's end goal here? I think first and foremost, like you said, we're we're working on really getting it into gyms, schools anybody that might have an indoor gym at their house and then also driveways, which are a huge part of what we want to do as well. And then in the further long run, I think we really want to expand into other sports. So I don't think hoop is necessarily um, just a basketball product. It could really translate into other sports like soccer, football, baseball, um, and really, really innovate, help innovate those sports as well. And then just in general, as a company, we really want to help connect the world. And, you know, basketball has brought all of us so many of our closest friends from all different backgrounds that we might not have met if it weren't for the game of basketball. So that's something that we take a lot of pride in. And we want to keep connecting everyone through basketball or just sports in general. No, literally. I mean, that's how Chris and I pretty much met is mm-hmm. from basketball. And that's how this podcast even got started from, you know, us never meeting in person to this day, which is still wild. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I've known this dude for what? It's been almost two years now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's just kind of wild to see where technology is kind of taking us and where we're going, man. I mean, but super dope product. You know, I've told you that a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. No, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. But we're uh, gonna have to play on a hoop soon. Oh, I'm all I'm down, bro. And I remember last year at uh, the music festival they have in town here, mm-hmm. Summerfest. I remember you guys had one up, and mm-hmm. like Steve Novak was shooting on it, right? Yeah, yeah. We had a we had a bunch of people. There was there was a wheelchair basketball game going on you know, a bunch of kids in the community came and shot on it, played on it. And 
uh, just for going crazy for it. That's dope. That's dope, man. But, uh, you know, Frank's also a big NBA guy as well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he's from Milwaukee um, and he's a big-time Bucks fan, went to a game with him before. Um, also, might I add, probably one of the best games of the season. That <laughs> yeah, we it, was, saw. it was insane. A little over, overtime game. Yeah, little, against the Celtics. Than I would have liked, but the Celtics B team or C team even, but you know, literally, it was, it was it was still a lot of fun. Though we had fun. Yeah, bro. I mean, I, actually, they're coming back to town on Thursday, so I think I might go. But oh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the Celtics that game, they didn't have Tatum playing. Brown wasn't playing. Marcus Smart didn't play. Mm-hmm. I don't think Horford even played. Like I think Brogdon was their main main one that was playing and like Mike Muscala was tearing it up. I was like, he what was am killing. I watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Like that was such a weird game, but I mean the Bucks pulled that one out, right? I can't they did. remember. In okay, yeah, the Bucks, yes, okay. The Bucks ended up pulling that one out. But mm-hmm. I just remember uh it wasn't Muscala who hit the shot. It was uh Sam Hauser, like, the, the Sam hometown Hauser. hero, yeah. Yep. Yep. So that was a that was a crazy game. Yeah. But um so let's get into some NBA stuff, man. Um sure. let's see here. I got the Paul George injury because I think that's just kind of wild. Um especially with how tight the West has been. Um it looks like he's expected to miss the rest of the regular season and then they're saying he's going to be reevaluated at most in like 3 weeks. But why I bring this up is because again, the West is so freaking tight, dude, like they're currently at the fifth seed for the Clippers, and seven of their last, like, no, the last 15 games, they're seven and eight. So they're not playing particularly well either. Um, and they're only three games away from being out the playoffs, period. Like, not even the play-in tournament. Like, just <laughs> done. <laughs> so, I mean, my question for both of you guys, um, you know, Chris, I'll start with you. Um, what does this mean for the Clippers today? in their future and then what are what is your expectation for them uh for where they finish well their expectation should be to definitely stay at that fifth spot because if they drop <laughs> down to that seventh they have to play the lakers without paul george that could get pretty scary but i don't know it was only a knee sprain so after a couple of weeks like he should be good for the playoffs they just need Kawhi. I think Kawhi to stay healthy and stay consistent is more important. Yeah. Frank, Frankie, what do you think? I think ideally if I was a Clippers fan, I would say try and sneak into that sixth spot. You never know what could happen there. You might might get a, a lacking Grizzlies team or just an inexperienced Kings team at the third spot and don't have to play in that playing game. So – I think that's best case scenario if they can just avoid the play-in at all costs. Um, and then also try and avoid the Suns, too, because, I mean, they, they could be scary. See, that's where I'm headed. Because yeah. if we were to, if the playoffs were to start today, they would be playing the Suns. Yeah, KD's rumored to come advantage. with that home credit advantage as that. And KD's rumored to come back Wednesday. So it's like it's now KD's about to have games under his belt. They already looked phenomenal with him on the court the Suns and if I'm the Clippers I'm kind of shitting my pants a little bit because I'm like okay (laughs) you know I I, you know I'm with you though Chris like it's a it's not that serious of a of an injury 
but it's also like the timing of it. It couldn't have came yeah. at a worse. It couldn't have come at a worse time for them, bro. Um, and then even then, like I've been on record talking about the Kings. I'm all in on the Kings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like if they play the Kings, bro, I don't think they get out of Sacramento. <laughs> like I just, I just man, I think the Kings are going to the Western Conference Finals. Like that's where I'm at. Wow. Like I, I'm that high on them, man. I mean. So you you guys still what's the what do you think is their um, like cap like where do you think where do you see the Clippers ending once Paul George even comes back are you guys thinking you know they go to the championship do you think they end in the conference finals like I know the seating is wild right now but in a perfect world if you were to answer uh, Frankie where do you think the Clippers are going to end this season. I think with just with all that talent they have, they could make it to the championship. I don't think they will make it to the championship just because kind of what they've shown us in the past. But, I mean, you never know if Kawhi is just going to erupt like he did in 2019. So, and I I think, honestly, for basketball's sake, I think the Clippers-Suns would be a really good matchup. If I want – if I wanted anybody to play them in the playoffs. It would probably be the Clippers because in the Western Conference, at least, because it would just be a crazy matchup. I mean, Kawhi versus KD, it doesn't really get much better than that. For sure. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, it's like a conference finals matchup right there. Mm -hmm. But if they play each other, if they play the Suns, I think they'll lose that in probably six or seven games. But anyone else, like I can see them going all the way to – the conference finals or like depends on the matchup like against the kings i think they have a good chance against the kings against the nuggets um probably like 50 50 i think that's another like six seven game series so i think it all depends on what other teams stay healthy because i feel like everyone in the west everyone keeps getting hurt so that's another like big issue too but yeah like they have enough talent they just haven't been healthy enough to put anything like special together I just feel so bad for Russ, man. Like, <laughs> this dude, yeah. like, as soon as he joins the team, bro, they just started playing, like, trash, dude. And it's, like, it's not really his fault even. Like, no, it's not. No, he's playing yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a warrior. He's been sticking it through and, and just playing ball. I mean, you got to respect it. Yeah, and, like, I'm with you as well, Chris. Like, as far as it, it's 50-50, and it's sick to say that it's 50-50 if they play the Nuggets because it shouldn't be that when they have the potential three-time yeah. consecutive MVP on their team. It shouldn't be a 50-50, and that's what the right. big issues are today, why everyone's talking about, you know, Joel Embiid, even though he's not playing tonight, and that's going to hurt him. Oh, big time. Yeah, like in the boats. No, and like I don't know if you guys seen what Kendrick Perkins said. Although it goes back to what we were talking about last time, Chris. Like, why does this? I mean, I understand K. Perk is a (laughs) former athlete, but like a former NBA player, and he was a champion. See, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I just ended the, the conversation there. I just don't. A guy like that should not have a vote, bro. I'm sorry. Like he clearly <laughs> yeah. shows his bias every single week yeah. on any show he's on. He shows his bias. It's just so bad. Yeah, I wonder how many of the um, ESPN guys get a vote. 
Because, like, if he doesn't get or if he has a vote and, like, say, like, Vince Carter doesn't, like, that's a huge, that's a big problem. But if everyone, if all of them do, then, all right, like, then that's fair. I always wondered how they choose that. Like, who, who, how do they yeah. choose who gets a vote, like, yeah. out of the former players or, you know, the media? Because I don't think even Stephen A., I don't think he even has a vote this year. Now that he's, like, the end-all, be-all, but that's the he gets paid the most over mm-hmm. at ESPN, and I don't even think he's voting this year. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, small-time, like, local guys that get votes, too, that I didn't even know. I learned, like, last year, like, one of the beat writers for the Bucks has a vote for an MVP. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, and, I mean, and honestly, maybe that's like a good thing. I'd rather, I, I don't know. We, we tried to find a solution last week. I don't know how successful we were in it, but you know, it's hard. The MVP. Yeah. The candidacy and what the qualification should be to win an MVP. Like hopefully the minimum games, you know, requirement helps. But at the same time, it, it doesn't do anything with how the voting goes, you know. Um, so I guess we'll see. But in other news, too, um, there was a lot that happened this last week. I'm not going to lie. Like, for me, one, probably the most interesting thing to happen this last week was that Dallas Mavericks game against the Warriors. And it was such a small thing. But, like, it was so significant, and now like the Mavericks, I think they're outside of the playoff picture right now. So, yeah, they're they're sitting yeah. at eleventh, uh, so they're not mm-hmm. even in the play-in right now. And for those who didn't see it, pretty much the Mavericks lost by two points because essentially the refs gave them gave the Warriors the ball under the Warriors' own basket, and the Mavericks thought that it was Mavericks' ball, so they were sitting at the other side. And apparently the Mavericks thought that they heard over the um, arena PA system that it was Mavericks ball. But then all of a sudden they just see the ref hand the ball to Kevon Looney and then, or whoever was under the rim. And then they get an easy dunk for two, which ended up again, losing them the game pretty much, but did it really, which is where I was kind of going with it. So, I mean, the Mavericks, ended up saying they were going to formally protest, which hasn't happened since 2008, um, to change the result of the game, which I don't know if that's a right or wrong move. With you guys knowing what, what happened, what either one of you can start with this, on whether you think that was the right or wrong move or what you just thought of that in general. Yeah, kind of. Kind of just sucks for the Mavs. I don't think the NBA is going to change anything. Um, it, it was just such a weird sequence of events. And the fact that they lost by two really just, like, <laughs> that's it, it just adds cake, fuel bro. to the fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> they just they lost by that bucket. Um, I don't know what the formal protest will accomplish. I think you kind of just got to take the L and, and move forward. You, I mean, you still have Luka and Kyrie and to try and save the season, so. Yeah, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, it's pretty sad to say, but we've seen a lot worse endings, especially with, with the Lakers-Celtics game. So if there wasn't a protest there, then there's no chance that anything will happen with this. Yeah, true. But I still don't understand, like, how it happened. Like, if you know that the other teams on one side of the court 
and just hand them the ball. Like you see the two guys walking to the other side. Like when you say, Oh wait, we should be on defense. Like that's like, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Defense, like, like you should probably you know. both, both teams probably should have been on that half of the court. Like regardless. Yeah. What is a weird thing. I, don't know. I think like there's just way too much stuff with the maps going on. Like they're like too like outspoken, I guess, or like they're always in the media now for like, weird reasons and like this is just like adds like another one to it the Kyrie effect the Kyrie effect it's sad to say I love the dude but I don't know there's just so much going on and they've been playing terribly like before the Kyrie trade they were like a 500 team and now they're out of the playoffs so definitely doesn't look good for him yeah I think also like I I kind of did a little deep dive on like just filing a protest and what that means especially for people that didn't know what that was like myself, like I knew you could do it, but I didn't know all that went into it. So pretty much the Mavs had to officially file a protest. They had 48 hours after the game ended to officially file for a protest. And to do that, they had to file a $10,000 protest fee, which is very insignificant to an NBA team. That's like throwing a quarter at the NBA, you know, (laughs) um, and the fee is only reimbursed if you're successful in the protest. So essentially, they just gave the NBA $10,000, you know, because they're not going to overturn it. Um, and then the Mavs and the Warriors then have five days after the receipt of the fee to provide evidence. And that was the part where I was like, oh, this is like a whole, like, trial. Like, they're, <laughs> they're about to, like, find different uh, camera angles, which I think that's the only type of evidence you could bring in unless they like, because I know the the referees wear microphones and things like that. Like, I don't know if they're able to get a a hand on the recording of the game or if it's even recorded. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that could happen, but I did see an article from CBS saying uh, from the ref that was under the hoop, essentially saying like, Hey, look, like we announced it over the PA system that it was Warriors ball and we have video evidence showing that we did that. So once he said that, I was just like, well, the Mavs lost already. <laughs> like that's literally <laughs> the biggest piece of evidence. <laughs> like it's damning. <laughs> it's like, it, it, but at the end of the day, um, even if, you know, both sides were able to provide evidence, Adam Silver is the one that makes the final call, which I think is, like, also very interesting that he's, like, it goes back to our, you know, our last episode talking about the judge, Jerry, and executioner, you know, with these commissioners in the league. Although Adam Silver is typically, you know, favorable to the players, this one seems pretty interesting on how he's going to go about it. Um, And last thing, Luca ended up getting $35,000 taken away from him for that money sign gesture which i thought was a pretty light sentencing because i thought <laughs> honestly i thought he was about to get hit with like 80k for that that that's wild so but anyways um last thing about the mavericks after that break um where do you guys see them finishing do you see them sliding back into the playing tournament um well, actually, I feel like that's the highest thing they could do at this point in time is yeah. to get back in. Um, at the moment, they're playing the Pacers right now, and Kyrie had 11 points in the first quarter and shot 100% from the field overall. 
Um, which tells me that man's going for 50 tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my guess is going to be that they're getting back into the playing tournament. Um, is it safe to say that you guys think the same thing? Yeah, definitely. I think I think playing is probably the best thing. And honestly, it's probably the best thing for the playing game as a whole because it's the playing game has seen a lot of the greatest players and seeing Luca and Kyrie in it this year, it'll be really interesting too. So I think that's exciting for just the NBA in general. Yeah, Chris, what do you you, yeah, you pretty much Lakers maps playing market? Oh, sorry. I think it lagged a little bit. But what were you saying? Oh, did I? Oh, I said it would be pretty funny to see, like, um, Mavs versus Lakers playing game. Is it all the talk with Kyrie and LeBron? But, I don't know, the Mavs defense is god-awful. Like, I don't really see them doing anything mm-hmm. too special unless, like, they outscored these. Like, Kyrie and Luka have to score, like, 30 points each every game for them to even have a chance. So, other than, other than like, a – is he playing game? I don't see him doing much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so hopefully they make something happen. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, which team, like, OKC, maybe they'd be better than them. OKC is like, low-key, like, been pretty solid yeah. the last couple They're of years. Happy. Maybe the Pelicans choke a little bit and they jump them. But other than that, I don't really see any of these other teams, like, making any huge jumps. See, and that's crazy because it's like it's that close though. It's like so from close, yeah. dude, it's just I don't think we've ever seen this before. And now it's all the way down to the four seed since Phoenix started sliding. So like, I mean, if teams were to like, if Phoenix were to start losing, even though Katie's coming at a perfect time for them, but if teams were to start losing, man, I mean, Phoenix could end up sliding all the way out of the playoffs if they start messing around too. Like. So we're about to start seeing some great basketball, like, really early. Like, earlier than we usually would. Because usually yeah. star players would start sitting around this time. Mm-hmm. I think every team yeah. in the West, their star player has to play. Except for Anthony Davis, obviously, because he just sits out important games. I'm still not over that. I'm still not over it. I'm not mad at you. He's, yeah, he's something else. Yeah, bro. Um, speaking of the Lakers, so Austin Reeves has been going crazy. And for like the last 15 games or so. Um, and it had me thinking about what, and actually it was reported the other day about his contract and what he could potentially sign over the summer. So it sounds like he could potentially sign around 50 million for over four years at, uh, in free agency this summer, but he's a restricted free agent. And pretty much that means that if there's an offer sheet out there, the Lakers can match it. But the Lakers also don't have any cap space to sign this man. So I'm getting flashbacks of Caruso all over again, where you have an undrafted guy. You don't expect him to go crazy. He starts being a huge role for you. And then now his value is larger than whatever that you even expected. So I don't know how they're going to keep this guy. I don't know. What what do you guys think is going to happen with Austin Reeves? Do you think the Lakers are going to end up having another Caruso situation? Or do you think um, they may find find a way to make the deal happen? And Chris, you can... Yeah. Because, like, they still got paid the other guys. D'Angelo has to get paid. 
And I think Vanderbilt or Beasley or both, one or both of them have to get paid too. Yep. So I'd rather have those three, honestly, than just him. Like, I'd let him walk for that amount of money, honestly, even though he's been really good. I wanted to add, too, the Lakers, the only players on the entire team that have a guaranteed contract are LeBron, AD, and Max Christie somehow. Oh, <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. But, Frankie, what do you think? So, I, w- I had a question about that, actually. Um, so, does that kind of limit what he – so, it limits what Austin Reeves can make with the Lakers, kind of, right? With the I mean, uh, restricted free agency or just yeah. being a restricted agent? Yeah, free agent. Yeah, so he – so I'll even go even further. So, like, with the – I was bringing up the Gilbert Arenas Yeah, that's what, when that's I, what showed I was you kind guys. of at too, yeah. Yeah, that Gilbert Arenas provision is weird. So, without getting too technical about it, because it's confusing for me as well, right. um, it looks like under this arena's provision, it would allow the Lakers to essentially sign them for this um, kind of a, even a larger deal, like sign them for like a $99 million uh, contract over four years. However, those first two years, that first year, they're limited to like the mid-level tax exception for a player of his, uh, for the year amount of years that he's been in the league, whatever long that's been. Um, I think it's been like three or four, probably three. Mm -hmm. Um, And that first year, he's limited. And then that second year, they can only increase it by 5%. So within those first two years, that would give the Lakers an opportunity to kind of structure and fix their salary cap in a way that would be more favorable to them. And then, you know, decide on who they're going to extend contract offers to and things like that. Um, But no matter what, they're going to be paying the luxury tax because they are well over that. For sure. Um, Yeah. So that's just a little bit of background on that arenas provision. Yeah. So, I mean, given that, I think – I think Austin Reeves' best bet for himself would just probably be to walk. But I, honestly, the Lakers too, they could they could let him walk and they'd be fine. He he's gotten a lot better and he's really impressed with me though. He's he's become a, a nice player. Dang, man, you guys breaking my heart. I feel like the Lakers should keep this man. I mean the they Lakers, should try, but I, I think But will they? But will they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I see. I I still am on the. I'm thinking that they will only because the NBA has turned into the highest bidder. Who has the most money? The Lakers have the most money in the league. Like it. it I mean, the Warriors are getting up there. The Celtics mm. been had it. Um, the Knicks got it, but they suck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, bro. I mean, I think the Lakers are gonna end up just taking the fine and paying that luxury tax for them. And probably getting into that, uh, you know, arenas provision where they sign them for those, you know, those first, they're going to sign them the four years that they do it. They have to. Um, And then, like I said, those first two years are going to be very minimal. But then that last two, like, I've never seen anything like this even, but like, apparently that first year, like if they were to do the max for like a $99 million over four year contract. The first two years are going to be like 11 mil each or like a roughly around there. And then the last back end, it was like 30 mil for the last two years. Like that's a insane contract like structure, but 
the fact that it's even available to the Lakers and seeing how well he's playing off of LeBron and AD and all these dudes, I think they keep him. Um, I think the question is going to be whether they keep uh, Malik Beasley. Um, I think they're definitely going to have to keep D'Lo, but we also talked about that on a, a previous podcast um, because, you know, I was hoping that LeBron doesn't put his le, le GM cap on and try to get Kyrie Irving over to the Lakers because I think that's probably the worst possible decision right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I agree. But um, for Reeves, you th- oh, go ahead. My bad. Can you hear me? I'm oh, sorry. Yep. For no, Reeves, you're good. You think it would be better for him to take for to take the full fifty and play for a bad team, or take less and stay with the Lakers? Hmm. If I'm Reeves, I'm taking I'm taking the bag because you know you <laughs> never you never know. That might be your one chance at the the biggest payday, and for example, like when Malcolm Brogdon walked away from the Bucks, like the Pacers gave him money that the Bucks just couldn't or didn't want to spend. And on an older, you know, he came out of college at twenty five or whatever, and I respected Malcolm for it because you know, like it could be taken away from you at any point. So you know, go go get the money while you can and cry about it later <laughs> man spoken like a true like potential agent you know what i'm saying <laughs> like maximize your value as much as you can yeah, man i think i think i'm with you on that i think he needs to maximize his earnings um however again when you got fans chanting mvp for you <laughs> are you ever gonna get that again i mean this man can literally find a home here like how bobby treats uh, how Bobby's treated in Milwaukee. Like, who's mm-hmm. to say Austin can't get that in L.A.? Yeah. And I think with that, like, there's going to be a lot that could come from it. Um, but at the end of the day, that's just me thinking on the opposite end of the, you know, spectrum. But I do think that he should take the money elsewhere. And he's a good enough player where he's going to make it work somehow, some way, I think. Um, but there's been rumblings about, like, former players calling him a fluke and saying, like, he's trash. And I don't know. These former players, man, like, they're, just, they're haters, <laughs> they're just bro. Full of, yeah, full of hate. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, So, Chris, it looked like you had a topic on uh, the NCAA. Do you want to touch on that and get into some college hoops? Yeah, it was yeah, the NCAA voted on in, like, January. I think they proved that. So, like, during a time where, like, not that many people were paying attention, like, I didn't even know about it. That, you know, I'll get it up real quick. So, pretty yeah. much, if you're undergrad and you're two-time transfer, that if you want to keep transferring more, then you're going to have to sit out a year. So, like, before the transfer portal and everything, if you want to transfer that first time, then you would have to sit out a season. But now, obviously, the transfer portal changed that all. So now, let's see. For a player can receive immediate eligibility if they have a physical injury or mental health, which makes sense, or if there's certain circumstances that when they have to leave, like a certain college, say like a sexual assault or abuse, they're able to do that. Well, if they want to transfer twice in their undergrad year, then they would have to sit out. But a lot of these dudes now, especially like I've seen it more at Hofstra too, 
they'll graduate and then go transfer to like a better school try and win so like that's like something pretty interesting because you see like i own a coach left so you kind of see like the whole circle i own a guy rick patino goes to st john's and then fdu does crazy well and now the fdu coach goes to iona so now it's like a whole like carousel of coaching so like if you're a player say like especially say at barely a lot of them were d2 players now you just transferred to d1 program you do really well you want to like go to the best place now that you got the exposure and now your coach leaves so there's no way you're going to stay but say you transferred twice already you're gonna have to sit out so for most players it probably won't be a problem but in some situations some of these players are gonna have to really think about they should really transfer or not yeah, I think that um, that's going to actually stop a lot of the issues with the transfer portal, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that's a – it's a good rule. I think um, especially, like, for the the um, the waivers and, like, what you need to – like, what you need to be eligible for a waiver. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think it's interesting that, you know – this waiver is granted to people that are to student athletes. Like we were kind of talking about um, last podcast with the, um, with the whole Alabama situation, but like if you're involved in physical assault or sexual assault or like abuse, things like that, you get a waiver to essentially still go forward. Like that's a very, um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's the NCAA. Yeah, like no, like the thing is, like the NCAA, I always deem them to be so conservative. Like that seems very forward thinking by the NCAA right there yeah. to allow, you know, someone that was uh, charged with a sexual assault to just, you know, go ahead. That's a waiver. You're able to transfer. You're able to leave that school, and hopefully, but I guess it ends up on the on the school that he goes to. Will someone take him or her? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's like a that was the first thing that caught my eye. I was like, oh, like that's very forward uh, thinking by the NCAA uh, for once. <laughs> I think just the my my take on it is we're gonna start seeing like twenty seven and twenty eight year olds just play, still playing college ball now. Like <laughs> Memphis just had a dude in the in the tournament that was twenty six. I'm like, I'm four years out of college now. Like he's my age, still still playing college ball. That's crazy. Insane. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of dudes that are like 24, 25. Right. Because you can, especially with the COVID year, you can be in grad yeah, school exactly. like that two years too. from now. So I wonder yeah, the how COVID long year. Like COVID years are going to go. Mm-hmm. The COVID year really like extended a lot of people's playing careers, like yeah. a lot. And, you know, say, I mean, COVID year. You also can have injuries, so then you redshirt for that. You also have, yep. you know, some people could be in transfer. college for, like, transfer. You get, Some people could be a, a college athlete for years. And honestly, with NIL, like, some of these athletes, I wouldn't be mad at them for just, yeah. you know, staying in college as long as they can, especially <laughs> no. if you're at a bigger school and get just get into the bag. I think that's the, the theme of this episode is, like, mm-hmm. go get your coins because – I mean, at this point, there's there's athletes getting money just for just being on a team, you know, like not even uh, contributing to winning at all. They're just right. they're just on the team, and they're like, here's here's some money for you just for you know being in Alabama or whatever. But that's yeah, that's, that's like wild. From Gonzaga, we got Drew Timmy. Yeah, oh, Timmy. Like, yeah, 
Like he's probably making more this year than he will if he goes into NBA draft this year. Which I mean, imagine insane. he probably makes more than this. He probably makes more than his head coach. <laughs> like <laughs> that's the. I mean, probably not. But like he, he's up there. I mean, he's making he's making a lot. And I mean, there. I mean, there's already athletes that are making like close to a mil. You know, if not already exceeded that. So it's. Right. It's getting, I don't know, man. I'm I'm wondering when that big swift hammer from the NCAA comes down on NIL and they have more confined rules um, as far as earning potential, I guess. Because once these college athletes start making, like, <laughs> pretty much professional player, like, money, like, we're going to have to have a real conversation on whether they're considered employees or not. If not already. Yeah. And you can kind of see, like, impact already from this Final Four. Because Miami is huge into it. Huge into NIL. And you can see it pretty much worked for them. Like, their point guard transferred, I think, from Kansas State. Just because he was going to get, like, an $800,000 NIL deal from, I forget what company it was. But you're going to see more people transferring just for that. And teams are going to like, give smaller schools a better chance, too. It's not just like the Duke and UNC's. Yeah, no, I love it, man. I think um, also, too, like, I want now that we're on NCAA stuff, I do want to bring up what happened to Creighton the other day because that was absurd. <laughs> and being an Omaha native, that was like, oh, yeah. we've, we've never. <laughs> oh, no. Bro, we've never been, obviously never even been this far before. Elite Eight was a first for us. Final Four would have also been a four, uh, also been a first. But I've never seen in a, like, a call. Well, well, I don't even know if it was a call. It was just weird. So pretty much what happened to Creighton, they, they were already down. Like, they called a foul, which was a foul. Um, you know, the player had his hand, the Creighton player had the hand on, um, San Diego State's uh, point guard's back. Like, that was a foul. I'm not even disputing that. Um, he makes one of the free throws. But then Creighton throws it down the court. There's a tap, a tip for who the ball went out on. And it's funny, the person that tipped the ball for San Diego State, well, one of the players between uh, Creighton's player and San Diego State's player, that player is from Omaha as well, which is hilarious. I played against them in high school. So, like, everyone was talking about that, from at least from uh, people that I know. And we were like, wow, like, the, fa- the fact we lost based on him is just <laughs> sick. Um, but on top of that, the deflection was kind of a toss-up, right? Like, no one really knew who it went off of. Like, every angle, it looked like it could have been – it could have went either way. Um, but what I thought was interesting is that they didn't even make a call on, like, who it was out on. Like, they didn't announce, like, what the actual call was. They didn't say who it was. Like, if it was Creighton Ball, if it was San Diego State Ball, at least I didn't hear that. And then, at least on the TV. And then they ended up also having, like, 0.3 seconds left on the clock. Like, if you look at the replay, there was still time left. But then (laughs) they come back from the replay, and they're just like, all right, game over. And they didn't even, like – inbound the ball or nothing they just decided 0.3 seconds left that's enough game over like 
I don't know. Maybe I just wanted to get that off and just get it out because I thought that was wild, bro. I thought that was wild. I don't know if I've ever seen refs just end the game when there was clearly time left on the clock. Like that was, yeah. So I had a, I had a lot of, a lot of phone calls and conversations about that <laughs> on uh, Sunday. <laughs> um, I don't know where you guys, did you guys watch that game? Did you guys see any of that? I saw clips. I didn't get to watch that full game, so I I saw I saw the foul, like the clip of the foul, and yeah, I think you're and right. That was it kinda, a foul. Yeah, it kind of just sucks, like having that decide the game, though. Like it was such a good, like from what I heard, it was like a really good game. Obviously, it was close and tied up or whatever, so it kind of just sucks that it ends that way. Like you don't ever want to see it, but at the same time, like you do have to call the foul. So like if it's a clear foul like that, like you know. Yeah. yeah, the ref is like in a lose-lose situation at that point. No yeah. matter what, either side is going to be pissed. Yeah, for Which sure. It's kind of sad. But... Yeah, it was, you know, sad day to be an Omaha, uh, Omaha person. <laughs> what can but, you do? Yeah, you know, we move on. There'll be next. There'll be other years, I guess. <laughs> um, so then, I guess a little bit, not really back to the NBA, but sort of. Um one thing I also seen t- uh, last week, or really this last weekend, were comments from Mario Chalmers on LeBron James. I thought that was the weirdest thing. Because Mario Chalmers, for those who don't know, he was a point guard for the Miami Heat back when LeBron was on the team for, like, that four-year stretch. He was actually there for even longer than that, um, you know, prior to LeBron even joining. Uh, but the thing about my, uh, Mario was that he was always seen as, like, the little brother on the team. Like, he was kind of just kind of annoying, um, very cocky, very confident, though. Um, I mean, clearly from his days at KU and, you know, in the national championship, hitting the biggest shot maybe in college basketball history. Um, so, I mean, that guy, he, he is that guy. He can hoop. However, he's not in the league anymore. Um, it seems like he's being kind of salty, but he weighed into the Jordan versus LeBron debate. And for his response about Jordan versus LeBron, he went on to say that LeBron was never feared by anybody in the league during his time in Miami, at least. He said no one looked at him like that. While Jordan, everyone feared him, X, Y, and Z. And he's saying this as someone that's never even taken the court against Jordan, but he's taking the court with LeBron and against LeBron. Um, So I guess my question to you guys, is what are your thoughts on his comments about LeBron? And then also I want to hear some takes about Jordan versus LeBron because we actually have never touched on that in our podcast, and I feel like that's one of those staple conversations that a sports podcast like ours should have. So, uh, Frankie, go ahead and let us know what you think about yeah. I think all of that. In general, <laughs> the comments from, from Mario are just – pure hatred like he was just hating that <laughs> bottom line but I I don't know like I'm not the biggest LeBron fan myself but I do think like you know you have to acknowledge greatness and like he was in the just had the Eastern Conference on lock for <laughs> like his whole career um so I don't know I I don't think you need to be feared you can just look to him just kicking everybody's butt and you know like that speaks for itself like (laughs) if you don't fear him like he's still cooking you so 
at the end of the day, he was he came out on top. But as far as LeBron versus Jordan, I I like to lean towards Jordan. Um, obviously, didn't get to see him play much. I saw Wizards MJ, which was still Yuck. cool. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, Jordan is Jordan, <laughs> right? And you see all the highlights and all that, and just how 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 great he was, and you know, getting to the finals and winning six times out of six is just insane so I mean at the same time I do I have come to appreciate LeBron and his greatness in my in his later years for sure so I I think I'd go Jordan but you know LeBron is especially with that that new scoring title like he's 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 very close yeah Chris what do you think that's like when he said that I honestly thought he said that, like, on ESPN or something. Like, that's, like, the perfect thing that would be, like, on first take, like, one of those shows. But it's kind of funny, like, later on, he says that um, before or when Chris Bosh got that rebound, when he kicked it to Ray Allen. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, like, why would you not give it to, at that time, the best three-point shooter of all time and just pass it to you? Just make a crazy pass because you were open. <laughs> and honestly, I never really noticed that he was in the corner before he said that. Like, I probably saw that clip like a hundred times. Same. Same. But, Literally, he yeah. was wide open. I didn't <laughs> notice that. But yeah, no I mean, he was probably like the, the fifth option. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like, no one's passing him that ball. I mean, I don't <laughs> no care where way. you are on that court. Yeah, and, and it's Ray Allen, dude. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Like, he's like, he passed, like, a two-foot pass right to him. Like, how you not going to make that God he even said that. He's been in the news <laughs> too much lately. He needs to sit down somewhere, man. Like, I, I agree with both of y'all. It was definitely hate. It's definitely something to just get on the ESPN ticker, you know. Um, and, I, you know, it's crazy. We literally signed that dude back to Miami last year. Like, he had a stint with us, really? like, for literally for, like, five – he had a uh, – for a five no a ten day he had a ten day with us really? yeah and we we brought him back and he did nothing <laughs> like I remember I a few years ago he maybe he was with the Grizzlies or the Heat even still and he was actually pretty solid still like he was putting up some good numbers and got hurt again and I I I did like Mario Chalmers as a player but I don't know he I think he was just yeah he was out there for this one. <laughs> Yeah, he he turned into that little brother for the Heat. But, I mean, for me, like, the comments were just weird. I'm definitely, like, I don't hide it anymore. I have big LeBron bias. All of a sudden, like, because when I was growing up, I hated LeBron. Hated him. Like, it wasn't until, of course, he joins the Miami Heat where I'm like, oh, like, come on. Like, come on. Come on over. And, you know, he wins us a couple rings. And I'm like, all right, like, this dude, he ain't that bad. And then, but then he goes to Cleveland. And when he won in 2016, that's when I really started being like, okay, like, this dude's really, like, he's like that. Like, I I mean, you know, winning in Miami, like, we had the big three. So, like, people were kind of like, we were expected to win at least one. Um, but when he went to Cleveland, I was like, there's no way that dude wins a championship in Cleveland. And he did. Two years in. So, and then he won one in L.A. So, I, I mean, for me, when it comes to the uh, Jordan-LeBron debate, I do side towards LeBron these days um but I think it might be purely because I'm able to watch all of his greatness in real time and I was able to witness his whole 20-year career like actually witness it um 
So that's really the only reason why I probably choose LeBron today over Jordan. However, like, especially going back to Chalmers' comments on fear, you cannot tell me that the Raptors, when LeBron went back to Cleveland after Miami, you cannot tell me that Raptors organization entirely did not fear LeBron. <laughs> Definitely, 100%. <laughs> yeah, dude, they, they called it LeBronto. LeBron. You said what? <laughs> Said how many players take charges against LeBron? Oh my God! Also yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, today, like still, even to the yeah, day, still. like you're still not gonna take a charge on him. Like <laughs> you're not gonna be that crazy. Um, but man, I think we got through pretty much everything. Timer's coming down on us, but um, you know, Frankie, appreciate you coming on, bro. Um, for real, it was, it was yeah, fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, long fun. time coming too. Long time coming. For real. Um, we'll have to link up soon for real. Oh, we definitely will, bro. We definitely will. Um, I mean, shoot, I don't know what you do with Thursday, but we get hit that. We already got good luck with Buck Celtics. So. <laughs> yeah, true. I'll let you know. Yeah, bro. Um, but also, uh, for those that are listening, I think we're really gonna do this bracket uh challenge, and I think what we're gonna do is put it on our Instagram. And each time we record, we'll just go over one of the matchups in the bracket and we'll kind of see where the voting is. We'll just put a poll up and see what people say. And we'll see what y'all what y'all really think. We'll see what you guys you guys basketball knowledge is and who who ends up winning this whole sweet sixteen thing with best team since two thousand. So twenty twenty one bucks. <laughs> oh god all right <laughs> yeah. all right man but yeah no definitely. i had to we'll, sleep uh... sneak it in sneak it in the propaganda <laughs> i'm not even mad at you i'm not even mad that was one of the best times of my life so i'm not even mad <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah appreciate y'all listening man 